improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey, I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I'm going to be unpacking a few situations that were sent in by regular listeners to Under the Influence and in doing so I'm going to be mapping out a framework of how you can kind of handle all situations. Now the situations that I'm focusing on today are the ones to do with people being late for appointments, cancelling them late or not sticking to a schedule. And the reason these are so important is that we set up our procedures in terms of how often people come to see us and the time that they have appointments and all those sort of things to allow our practices to run efficiently which is fun for us but it also allows us to provide care to them and the other people who are also impacted when people are missing appointments or cancelling appointments or turning up late to them and so when people know the rules and stick to the rules it makes everybody happier it's a win-win-win they get better results from their care you have more fun enjoyment and less stress in practice and you also help get don't have a knock-on effect of running late for other people and them having a less than optimal experience. So we'll be looping back and working our way through all of them and giving you a framework that you can use with any sort of situation that lands in your lap in this complex thing we call practice. A few announcements. If you haven't already checked out the Certainty 2.0 workshop, I would strongly recommend that you do. In a lot of ways, I think it's the most important workshop that you can do if you want to have a long, fulfilling, enjoyable practice career. Because what we're doing here is the hard work of working through what your perspective on chiropractic philosophy and the way that you apply it in your practice is. And then from that deriving a less abstract version of that, what we call a paradigm, and a paradigm is simply the models of sublux, the model rather of subluxation that you use in your practice, and the rules around how who you do take care of, what you give advice on, and what you don't, and when you refer, etc. And then from that, we're going to derive our procedures that align with that. We're going to work out how the testing that we do that tells us whether people are getting results from our care or when they're not what to do about it and we're also going to work out a model a criteria for scheduling so that we have certainty around the recommendations that we give people and we're also going to start to align our communication with that philosophy and paradigm so super powerful process I warn you in advance if you're looking for a jacuzzi experience in Patch and Tempo's terms, something that feels good at the time but there's no real change afterwards, this is not for you. This is uh, by definition a workshop. You're going to have to do some work to get these ideas to work for you but if you're up for launching into 2023 with a renewed perspective on what you want to do in practice then I would highly recommend it to you. If you want to make 2023 the year where you ramp up your communication and help more people and help people more by connecting them with the big picture of chiropractic, then I would recommend you check out the Retention Recipe 2.0. 
It, the link is in the show notes for both these programs. Both of them have free preview lessons that you can watch that should give you a pretty good sense of whether the program is for you or not. So watch them. If it sounds like you, sign up for the full program, watch the lessons. I'm here for support along the way and uh, I'm confident that they will, both programs or either program will help your practice uh, grow and have more impact and for you to have less stress while you're doing it. So situations. This one comes from regular listener Ben. Hey Martin, a question for you or a situation if you will. I have a client who is consistently late. Books a 2pm appointment which is the first appointment of the shift. Will always be five minutes late. With other clients booked in after him, how can I communicate to, to him that in order for me to look after him effectively and not to disadvantage other practice members, he needs to arrive on time? So the challenge with this difficult situation is it's just a little bit awkward, isn't it? That you don't want to, you know, do something that feels like it blows things out of proportion for the size of the crime, like five minutes for if you were turning up to your hairdresser five minute late, five minutes late, it might be an inconvenience, but you wouldn't look at it as some really horrible transgression because in our or if you were turning up to a restaurant five minutes late or those sort of things, you would you might say, "Oh, look, sorry, I'm late," but we people are often not aware of the implications for us. So they're, they're, and unless we nip it in the bud, it's a behaviour that if we accommodate it can happen again and again and again. So it's important that we deal with it in a way that is respectful, in a way that recognises that they probably didn't even realise it was an issue and also creates a framework that is highly likely to have them thinking of that in the future and behaving in a way that it works for us and also works for them. So the framework that I want you to do with all of these approaches, um, and it falls into all the other situations that we've done before, is in a difficult situation, or situation, the first thing is we don't want to make them wrong. And so previously we've spoken about two different approaches, that either ask permission or the yes and approach. Now the yes and approach works really, really well in, in situations where people might have different perspectives on things. So when people are you know, wondering whether they should take medication instead of getting adjusted, those sort of things. And if you're not clear on what I'm talking about, I would recommend going back to some of the previous episodes of the podcast where I've spoken about that. But in these sort of situations or situations where it's really just somebody not following a rule, I actually suggest that you just use permission. So um, the second step after you've asked permission to explain something that could be a bit awkward is explain the impact of what's happening in a way that gives them an out, gives them a way that you're not saying that they're being rude or horrible or disruptive. Then give them options in terms of how they might behave moving forward because nobody likes to be told what to do. We really want to empower people to make decisions to behave in a way that works um, but give them a couple of choices and then ask them which one they would prefer to do moving forward and this is where the real power comes in because once somebody agrees to do something we can unlock the power of what Cialdini calls consistency so consistency is that we have a powerful internal drive to behave in ways that we've previously agreed explicitly, i.e. we verbally agreed to do something, 
when it comes to making a choice, we're, we're strongly driven to behave in consistency with that. So the experiment that Cialdini did that he uses to illustrate consistency in his book, Influence, is uh, an experiment that he did, again, where people they needed people to follow the rules. In, the, in his scenario, it was in a restaurant where essentially they did an experiment with a restaurant where... Um, the biggest issue for restaurants in terms of uh, bookings is if people don't turn up because if people don't turn up they have sort of sold one of their available spaces and then got no return on it so they've held it so that nobody else could get access to it and then received no income from it so there's a big parallel with the situation we're talking about with the appointments if people are missing them or if they're late or those sort of things in that it's impacting us as well. Now, what Cialdini found was that the standard way that people in a restaurant took a booking would be they would say, all right, Ben, we've got you down for a party of, se a party of four at 7 p.m. Um, if things change and you can't make it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a call. All right, we'll see you tonight. Um, but there's no consistency evoked there because, yes, you asked for the behaviour, but you didn't ask them to agree to it. You didn't get them to do the yes I will behave in uh, accordance with that. And so this simple tweak that Cialdini suggested that uh, made all the difference was to say um, all right Ben we've got you down for a party of four at 7 p.m. If things change um, will you please give us a call so that we can offer the table to somebody else and what you had to wait for to evoke the power of consistency was for the person to say Yes. All right, so let's loop back around and answer Ben's question. The way that I would suggest he uh, addresses this with the client who's running late would be, first of all, ask permission. So permission might look like something like, um, so Trevor, would it be okay if I just spoke to you about something that you may not be aware of, but uh, it's just making it a bit tough for me to provide you with the care that in the way that I'd like to? And what do we have to do with permission? Just like consistency, we have to wait for the yes. So once they give us the yes, we then need to explain the impact in a way that gives them an out. So you could say something like, look, Trevi, you probably don't realise, but I'm typically around this time booked back to back with appointments. And so when you're late, even though it's you know only five or 10 minutes, I've really got a choice then of I either cut your visit short, which I don't want to do and ethically I can't really do, or else the only other choice I've got is I'm making other people wait <coughs> because I'm running late. Um, so I was hoping we might be able to work out something. So I could either, rather than booking you the two, I could book you the 2.15, in which case, you know, you leave at the same time, but you're here early for a 2.15. Or if you want to have the two o'clock and 2.15, then, you know, maybe we could, you could book and pay for a couple of times. Um, or, you know, if, it, if it's just a matter of setting your alarm for a couple of minutes earlier, maybe you could do that so that you're turning up on time. So which one would you prefer? And so what we're essentially giving him is a choice of what he wants to do um, in terms of what's moving forward. And then, again, once he agrees to one, when he is setting his alarm or when he's deciding whether he can stop for a coffee on the way or when he's deciding whether he's going to sit in the car and check his email before he comes in, he has that agreement that he's made in the back of his mind prompting him to 
be on time or book the 215 or whatever else. So really simple, easy, and it's a way that engages people in a with a sensitivity that doesn't get them their backs up. It doesn't get them pissed off that you're making a mountain out of a, mo, a mole hill. So let's apply it to a couple of other scenarios that people have asked about. One other one um, comes from Irene and it says uh, that she's got a client who consistently cancels appointments late, like within an hour, within half an hour of the appointment. And so if we apply the same principles, the first thing we're going to do is ask permission. And it would be something along, um, Irene, would it be okay if I just raise something that's creating a, a little bit of an issue for us? Um, and then we wait for the yes, obviously. We explain the impact in a way that gives them an out. I'm sorry, I've, I know you've got a busy life and you've got lots going on, um, but you probably don't realise that I'm often booked out. And when you're cancelling uh, an appointment at the last minute, it means that we're often there's people who would have liked that time who've missed out on it. Um, whereas if you can give us some more notice then we can uh, often then let somebody else have that time so move it and then we move on to giving options moving forward we we either sort of don't make appointments for you and you just give us a call on the day and uh, when you know that you can make it uh, and we can slot you in there or um, we can keep making appointments for you, but if you call us as soon as the reminder text comes to you, if you don't think you're going to make it, that way we've got enough time. We've got that sort of 12 to 24 hours where we can uh, we can offer the, op the appointment to somebody else. So which one would you prefer? And again, when uh, the client chooses whichever one, we get to evoke the power of consistency. So third scenario I want to work on here um, is one that comes from Barry and it is with somebody who won't stick to schedule. So this is the perennial chiropractic problem. We say three times a week and they're making it once and or they're some weeks they're making it twice and some weeks not coming at all and it's just chopping and changing. And again, we have the curse of knowledge. We know that the consistency of input is what makes the change, often people haven't really thought through what the, whether the frequency is the most important thing or not. So again, we want to, same structure, first of all, we want to ask permission. So I might say something like, say, hey Barry, would it be okay if I raised something that I'm concerned might be impacting your, the, your progress with your care? And again, what do we have to do with permission? We wait for the yes. We're going to then explain the impact in a way that gives Barry an out. Um, you probably don't realise that kind of the main thing that determines your results in terms of whether you're going to get better and get back to golf is the frequency of your care. So I recommended that we that you get adjusted twice a week and we've been most weeks not getting once and some weeks we're not even getting an adjustment at all. And, I'm concerned on two, two sort of sides for this. First of all, I'm concerned for you because I want you to be able to get back to golf as quick as possible. And the frequency of care that we've been able to do, it's like if you were training for a marathon, but you're only doing every third or fourth run, it's going to make it tough to get there. But I'm also concerned for me a bit too. You see, often people who are 
in your sort of situation sort of forget that they haven't been turning up as frequently, they haven't been training as often as they needed to, and when they're not getting back to golf at all or they're not getting back to golf in the time frame that we said that you probably could early on, they don't remember that and so they say that chiropractic didn't get them the results and you know I don't really want that for me either. So moving forward, I sort of feel like there's a few things. Either we work out a time that works better for you so that you're able to stick to the twice a week or we kind of increase the time frame dramatically around when we're expecting you to be back to golf or we just sort of push pause on your care at the moment and stop until you've got some more time that you can uh, invest in getting your, your, your spine back on track. So which one would you prefer? And again, the power is in getting them to choose, in this case, which one, whichever one Barry wants to do is the one that we're gonna do. So there we have it, a simple, powerful, impactful way of helping your practice run like clockwork, helping people get the results that they want and helping you kind of run things in a way that serves them and serves you. So thanks for listening to Under the Influence and I'll catch you again next week. If you liked today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.